0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, in for Stephen Henderson today. We are talking about vaccines. We're talking about the pandemic and the way that it is going in the wrong direction at this point and why people are still hesitant about vaccines, why they're still resistant or all-out combative about vaccines at this point in the pandemic when we have this tool in our hands to essentially halt the pandemic and stop the virus in its tracks. Why are we not taking advantage of that tool? It's something that has many people scratching their heads, and there's a lot of psychology behind it as well. I want to turn to someone for the rest of the hour today who studies this kind of misbelief, disbelief in things like this. David Dunning is a psychology professor at the University of Michigan whose research focuses on the psychology underlying human misbelief. Uh, Professor Dunning, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And I wanted to update our listeners, by the way, on a point that we were just talking about. This is something we we're just finding out now. The U.S. regulators uh, have actually now given full approval to Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Again, the Pfizer vaccine now has full FDA approval. It's uh, That's a big step in all of this conversation. But, uh, Professor Dunning, I want to start here. Uh, there are many factors at play in why so many people still don't want this vaccine. I'm curious if you could talk about the various reasons from a psychological perspective.
1: Oh, that's a key point that there are many, many different reasons uh, why people might be uh, resistant or hesitant about taking the vaccine. Um, They don't know what the vaccine entails. Um, Its development was rather quick, and they're worried about that. Um, They may simply be afraid of needles. Um, Mm. One out of 10. Uh, Americans has uh, an actual anxiety uh, reaction to, uh, when they see a needle coming at them uh, in a doctor's office. Uh, and uh, there's some ideology involved as well. Some people have taken it as a major part of their um, self-concept to be uh, anti-vaccine. And, and then there are people who, if you're uh, not white, for example, you know a history that might make you a little bit leery about um, just um, agreeing with what uh, the medical profession might be telling you to do. So, there's just a variety of reasons behind uh, vaccine hesitancy. And if you're ever dealing with a specific person, it's good to find out what the specifics might be behind uh, why they're saying no to the vaccine or not yet saying yes.
0: Do you sense that there is a missing of the mark here in terms of the messaging? Around why you should be vaccinated from public health officials or from government officials or other politicians, public figures trying to move the needle, uh, and so frustrated about the idea that, despite the fact we have the vaccine, that so many people are resistant. Do you think that they're saying the right things, and if not, where are they missing the mark?
1: Well, I think there are two things that are going on. Uh, the first is. Um If you take a look at everybody who has a megaphone or a microphone, uh, they're not necessarily in agreement about whether you should take the vaccine. Uh, The people who are uh, pro-vaccine are giving very good arguments. Uh, They're laying out uh, the reason why uh, people should protect themselves and protect the people around them. But this is hardly uniform. Uh, We all know of news outlets, politicians, celebrities who are saying something different. And that disagreement matters a great deal in producing um, hesitancy or late at last. That's the first thing. The second thing is ultimately for many people, it's not gonna be who's on television, uh, who's on the internet or on YouTube. That's gonna convince them. It's gonna be uh, a flesh and blood human being from their life, uh, that it, uh, their doctor, their clergyman, a friend who really has to um, express the wish or, or make the pitch that a person should get a uh, vaccine. Uh, we're wired, if you will, to deal with the flesh and blood people we interact with every day. Uh, those are the people we're much more responsive to, to than anybody on television.
0: So on that note, for people out there listening to this who have a friend or a relative or an acquaintance, coworker, whoever in their life who is hesitant or resistant to the vaccine... What is the what what should they be thinking about when they have conversations with these folks in terms of saying things that will be receptive or that will that that will uh, create that trust um, here? I mean, what are some of the things people should be keeping in mind when we're having that conversation?
1: Uh, that's an extremely good question. I've jotted down four things you should do and one thing you should not do. <laughs> so let me start with a thing you should not do, which is don't shame a person, don't uh, insult a person, don't denigrate a person. Uh, that's a very, uh, very successful technique for making them mad at you. It is not a successful technique for anything else. Um, the four points I would like to make is that uh, it's not the science, it's not the information necessarily that's going to matter. But the, whether or not uh, the person trusts the individual who's talking to them about vaccination, uh, is this a friend, is this a valued family member, uh, is this a person a person knows and trusts, that's a that's a key thing. And the second point is it's not really the information, uh, the scientific information, what's going on for the world, what's going on for everybody else, but whether what's going on for that person in their life. That is, can you find out what they care about and point out how vaccines could um, promote what they care about? Like, do they want to protect their family, for mm. example? Do they want to make sure their family is safe? Uh, if that matters to, uh, to a person, and it matters to a lot of us, that's a key thing to uh, talk about. And also talk about any specific anxieties they might have about the vaccine, um, if you're talking to another person, you're vaccinated, point out uh, that you've been vaccinated and you don't have any of these um, side effects that the that Facebook keeps uh, promoting uh, in its various articles, for example. But talk to the person specifically about what matters to them. Um, the third thing to keep in mind is that part of the reason why people are Hesitant about the vaccine is because it's asking us to do something uh, that we're not really well set up to do, and that's to do a, uh, to do an action, do something active that might harm us in the short term, or at least that's what people are afraid of. Mm. Um, for more long term and more societal benefit. Um, that's a hard trade-off for people to think about. So uh, acknowledge that, if you will. It's uh, it's a scary thing. It's a, an extremely scary thing for mm. some people. I mentioned one in ten people are just afraid of needles, and I could assure you that all of me is afraid of needles uh, when they show up <laughs> at the doctor's office. So uh, uh, I'm with you. On assure that. them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, assure them about the long uh, that it's really about the long term. Yeah. What are the long term goals or long term benefits? And finally. Uh, A very effective thing is to uh, get the person to describe a plan. Okay, where are they going to go to get a a vaccine? When are they going to do it? Actually have them plan it out. That matters a great deal. Uh, A lot of people agree to do something, but then they never think it through. Have people think it through. For yourself, if you want to do something, come up with a plan. Think it through when and where and how. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be pushy, by the way, Uh, You could ask people for a commitment. Mm. Will you do this for me? We're very responsive to the commitments we make to other people.
0: Someone I know very uh, close in my life was concerned about their parent uh, getting the vaccine. And so uh, this person asked their parent, please come with me. For this, and we'll do it together. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, way of going about that. Uh, David Dunning is a psychology professor at the University of Michigan, whose research focuses on the psychology underlying uh, underlying human misbelief. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, and we'd love to get you in this conversation as well. Uh, do you have loved ones who have chosen to remain unvaccinated? How are you coping with that decision, and how are you talking to them about that decision? And uh, if you you've found someone in your life that's actually changed their mind on this point. What was it that made them change their mind? The number on the lines is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. Professor Dunning, there's some big news as we talk here, uh, as I mentioned at the top here, that the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine full approval. It's no longer just emergency approval at this point. Uh, I'm curious if you think that that could have a, a significant impact on making people feel safer by making this decision?
1: Well, it, it, uh, I think the answer is yes. Not uh, uh, everybody, but uh, some people, they'll feel safer because of this. Uh, th- businesses and other agencies are going to feel safer, and they're going to now, uh, that full approval is out, they're going to roll out vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people um, will get vaccine now because they have to, because they think, uh, the alternative is unthinkable. They may lose a job, for example. Uh, so I think it's going to have a big impact because I think, and uh, I'm not an expert of this, but I think now we're going to see many more vaccine mandates out there. And that's just going to force people to get the vaccine.
0: Yeah, that's what we're hearing, too. And we've talked about it on the show before that all the things we talked about, um, you know, the lotteries that we did in Michigan to try to get more people vaccinated. It seems like that. Did not have a significant impact. All the other things that were attempted um, had a much smaller effect than vaccine mandates. and of course, that has become sort of a political third rail in many ways. But uh, talk a little bit about that about the the real you know when you w- why it is that people will make that decision um, once once it's really forced on them by their employer, I mean they they of course, could leave their jobs, or they could lose their jobs. As, a, as that's their decision at that point. But uh, talk about why it seems like that kind of thing is the most effective driver of people making these kinds of decisions.
1: Well, uh, because uh, it's a world of difference to be thinking about doing something because of some potential benefit that you could do without, um, like a winning the lottery, for example. And you're right, the the data I've seen from the Ohio lottery, where people could win a billion dollars, really didn't have an impact. Um, but um, if uh, uh, you're facing circumstances that you just don't know how you can continue, uh, like losing a job, um, that'll cause people to rethink. It's not that they uh, are uh, uh, are dragged kicking and screaming to get a vaccine. Rather, they reevaluate mm-hmm. under those circumstances and come to a different Uh, conclusion about uh, uh, vaccination. So that is, um, why do people do things? There are two main reasons in social psychology. First, because it's easy. That's why make people do the plan. But second, because they have to. And um, uh, vaccine mandates, I think, will have a tremendous impact on what people decide to do.
0: Something we have to bring up. You and another psychologist, uh, Justin Kruger, coined the Dunner-Kruger effect, or Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, can you explain what that is for our listeners and how it relates to this topic around vaccine refusal as well?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, very quickly, the Dunning-Kruger effect simply refers to the fact that uh, if you're not an expert in something, uh, or woefully inexpert in something, you don't have the expertise to recognize that you don't have any expertise. Mm. Uh, that is, if you're incompetent, you're not in a position to recognize you're incompetent. Um, if you could recognize you're incompetent, well, you would already know, already have the expertise you need to avoid that fate. Um, with vaccines, um, we're you know, very few of us are um, expert in vaccination and public health, uh, so uh, we don't know what to think about. We don't know what to think. Uh, so it's not a surprise that a lot of people are reaching different conclusions about, uh, about immediately getting the vaccine versus I need to hear more or I'm going to wait until I hear more. It's not a surprise. Um, and people may may be making the wrong decision or not know exactly who to listen to uh, simply because they lack the expertise uh, to make the right decision or know who to listen to. Um, it's uh, uh, not a surprise uh, that uh, we're in the situation where we're in as a country.
0: Uh, really quick before we go, I want to get to Carolyn in Royal Oak. Uh, Carolyn, I only have about 15 seconds, but I wanted to get your perspective in here as fast as possible.
1: Okay, my sister, I'm worried about. She's refusing. She's had about three surgeries, and I think she feels very vulnerable. And I don't, I don't know what to say to her, so I don't say anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, Professor Dunning, I'm curious if you have a quick uh, response to Carolyn about how to go about um, talking to her sister. Uh,
1: Well, the key thing is to have your sister talk to someone uh, she trusts. It could be you, but it also could be one of the doctors she's already dealt with through the course of these uh, surgeries. But that's key. The person who is talking to her about vaccination should be someone she esteems and trusts. Mm. That's the first principle.
0: David Dunning is a psychology professor at the University of Michigan whose research focuses on the psychology underlying human misbelief. Professor Dunning, I wish we had so much more time to talk about this, but I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you very much. Okay, that's it for today. Stephen Henderson will be back tomorrow. Tune in for a conversation as part of our summer WDET book club reading and discussion of the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights. We'll take a deep dive into the First Amendment and how recent protests and demonstrations have challenged in some ways our understanding of its protections. This is WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. I'm Jake Neer, and for Stephen Henderson today, thank you so much for listening.